Hello and welcome to Five Lesson Friday. You know, a student of mine at one of my English coaching sessions this week said to me that real English native speakers speak like a completely different language of English. With the amount of different dialects and accents here in the UK, I really couldn't disagree with her. Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Get English Tips on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok and Instagram. And if it's confident, fluent English you want to speak, head over to getenglishtips.com and find out all about the English conversation courses with me, Ajahn Ken, that will really elevate your English. Coming up on this week's episode, feeling ill? Five ways to tell me. Feeling worried? Five ways to show it. Need to say sorry? Here's how. Looking through rose colour specs and getting on the wrong side of someone. It's all coming up on this episode of Five Lesson Friday. Hey, so welcome along. This is Five Lesson Friday, where you get five short lessons where you can practice over the weekend. My name's John Ken, a native British English teacher since the year 2008 and with a little Scottish accent for you. Now, don't forget, if you want Five Lesson Friday delivered directly to your email, you can subscribe at getenglishtips.com and I'm more than happy to send it by email to you every Friday. So, let's get into Five Lesson Friday. So, Five Lesson Friday, what have we got this week for you? Okay, so lesson number one on Five Lesson Friday is five ways that you can say that you're not really feeling too well or you're feeling um, a little bit ill. So let's have a look. So the first way we're looking at it, most people will generally say that I'm not feeling well. And this is a really straightforward and very simple way to say that your health isn't feeling too good for that moment. It's very, very neutral and, and uh, very direct, and it's an expression that really we can use in most situations. The second one we've got is, I'm feeling under the weather. It's a good idiom, I'm feeling under the weather. And it's a little bit more colourful and informal way to say that you're not feeling well. I'm feeling a little under the weather. Good idiom. And it really suggests that your physical condition is affected by something outside, such as changes in the weather, and is often used to describe, I guess, like a mild illness. So I'm feeling under the weather. Let's see if you can use that one. Number three we've got is, I'm feeling a bit off today. I'm feeling a bit off today. And this implies that something's not quite right or normal about how you feel. You know that you're not feeling well, but there's something there that doesn't feel right and you can't put your finger on it. 
And it's a less, as I mentioned, a less specific expression. And it can be used to describe a range of physical or emotional states that doesn't feel right, as I mentioned. You can't put your finger on it. I'm feeling a bit off today. I've got number four. I'm feeling a little sick. I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little bit sick. And this suggests that you're perhaps experiencing some symptoms of an illness. But it doesn't mean that it's anything serious. Could be a, it's a common expression that could be used to describe a mild illness, such as a cold or a flu. So I'm feeling a little bit sick. And the last one we've got for number five in your five ways to describe how you're feeling is I'm not at my best today. Not at my best today. And, and this is used to describe a range of situations where you're not feeling the best, whether it's due to illness, stress, fatigue, or other factors. And it implies that you're not performing or going about your normal tasks as you normally would. Okay, so there we have, we've got five ways to describe that you're not feeling too well. So let's see if you can um, put this into a sentence. Can you give me your one, one of these uh, expressions and then a little sentence to back it up? For example, I'm not at my best today. I'm feeling a little bit queasy. I've got a sore stomach. So that could be your example that you can use. So let's do a little quick recap there. We've got number one for feeling unwell. I'm not feeling well. We've got number two. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. Number three, I'm a bit off today or I'm feeling a bit off today. Number four, I'm feeling a little bit sick. Number five. I'm not at my best today at all. So there we go, five ways for you to describe that you're perhaps feeling unwell or you're feeling ill. Let's see if you can use them in the community and I'll check your examples for you. The second lesson we've got today in Five Lesson Friday is five ways to say that I'm worried. Normally people will just say worried, yeah? But here we're gonna look at different ways we can use that you're feeling a little bit worried. The first one we've got is I'm concerned. Now this expression is a little bit more formal than saying I'm worried. And it's often used in business or in professional or academic situations or contexts. I'm worried. And it suggests that you're given careful thought to a situation or an issue and you're aware that there's going to be perhaps some problems or risks. So for example, we can use an example. I'm concerned about the financial stability of the company after the recent layoffs. I'm concerned 
or I'm worried, I'm concerned about the financial stability of the company after the recent layoffs. Layoffs just means that there are staff being told that they're no longer um, going to be working at the company. Perhaps the company doesn't have enough money to pay them, so they will lay them off. So I'm concerned about the financial stability of the company after the recent layoffs. Stability is the noun for stable. Stability. So in this sentence, concerned is used to imply or convey a sense of worry or unease about the financial situation of the company. Again, as I mentioned, I'm concerned we'll use more in a business environment. The second one we've got is, I'm feeling a little bit anxious. I'm feeling anxious. Not, not to be confused with uh, anxiety, which is the noun. And anxiety will can be used to, I guess, express a medical condition, a medical illness. Okay, But here is, I'm anxious. And am I anxious? This expression suggests that you're feeling a little bit unease or apprehension about a situation. You're unsure what's going to happen. And this is making you feel a little bit tense or nervous. I'm feeling anxious about the job interview tomorrow. So you're showing that you are worried about um, a situation that's coming up. I'm feeling a little bit anxious about the job interview tomorrow. And this is used, anxious here is used to describe that you're feeling nervous and uneasy and you're because of this job interview. So I'm feeling anxious, anxious. Third one we've got is I'm worried sick. I'm worried sick. And this expression, quite common. If someone says it to me, I'm worried sick, it shows me, geez, they're feeling really, oh my God, they're feeling really worried. And we, it emphasizes and intensifies your worry. You're so worried that it's causing you to feel, you know, your physical health to feel you know, it's, not, it's not good. So I'm worried sick about my daughter's health. I'm worried sick about my daughter's health. My daughter's not feeling well, she's ill, and it's causing me to be, be ill because I'm worrying too much about her. So I'm worried sick about my daughter's health. I'm really intense, really concerned, really worried about my daughter to the point where my physical health is causing me a problem. So I'm worried sick. I'm freaking out, and this, I'm freaking out for number four in your five ways to show that I'm worried, and this is an expression, it's a little bit more informal, and it suggests that your worry has increased or escalated to the point that you're almost panicky and you're overwhelmed. I'm freaking out because of the deadline, showing that you're extreme panic. I'm about to panic because I have a deadline and I'm not going to meet that deadline. It's really stressful and it's really high powered or a high pressure situation. Uh, I'm freaking out. Very informal. 
And number five in the five ways to show that I'm worried, I can't stop thinking about it. It's on my mind. It's on my mind. I can't stop thinking about it. And this suggests that your worry is consuming all your thoughts and causing you to obsess over a situation or an issue. It shows that you are having difficulty focusing on other things because you're worried. Can't stop thinking about it. It's on my mind. It's playing on my mind even, which is a good expression. It's playing on my mind. I can't stop thinking about the argument I had with my friend yesterday. It's playing on my mind. It's showing you that I'm worried, that I can't stop thinking about what happened the day before. It's playing on my mind. I am so worried. I can't stop thinking about it. So there you go. Five ways to show or other ways to show that you are worried. Number one. I'm concerned. Number two, I'm anxious. Number three, I'm worried sick. Number four, I'm freaking out. Number five, I just can't stop thinking about it. It's playing on my mind. So let's see if you can make a sentence with one of those expressions, if they're new for you. Let's see if you can either text it or upload a video to the Facebook community. Uh, the link will be around this somewhere. And as always, I will check it for you. So let's have a look at lesson number three, which is five ways that you can apologize. Different ways that you can express that you are sorry. This is quite an interesting one. So, the first one we've got is, I apologize. I apologize. Sometimes you will see apologize with a Z. Sometimes you will see apologize with an S. With a Z, it's American English. And with an S, it's British English. I'm using the Z here, if you can see on my screen, because that's the way my uh, computer has been set up with the, Eng with the American English version. So I apologize. Very, very straightforward. I apologize for being late to the meeting. And when we say I apologize, it's quite informal and more polite than I'm sorry. And we use it in business, in professional or formal settings. I apologize. I apologize for being late for the meeting or to the meeting. Quite, in, quite formal, great to use in business. I apologize. Second one we've got is, I'm terribly sorry. I'm terribly sorry that I was late. I'm terribly sorry. You see, we've just put the adverb terribly. Great adverb to use with a negative situation. It shows much more emotional and in sincere way of showing remorse, showing that you're sorry. And it conveys a kind of stronger sense of an apology. And we use it in a kind of more formal situation. I'm terribly sorry. I'm terribly sorry I was late. Really good adverb to use. Terribly. I'm terribly sorry. 
Number three is I do apologise. I do apologise. I do apologise for the mistake. Now, as you know, normally we will just say I apologise. Rarely will we use do plus a verb because normally that's wrong, right? But here, I do apologise is called the emphatic do, the emphatic do. And the emphatic do just emphasises the verb. I do apologise. I'm stressing or emphasising that I am sorry. I do apologise. Very polite. Really polite. I do apologise. The emphatic do. Number four, please accept my apologies. Please accept my apologies for the delay in replying. Apologies is the noun. So we've got my apologies. And this is an excellent one to use in email writing to show, you know, you're sincere for being sorry. I please accept my apologies for the delay. Please accept my apologies for the inconvenience. Please accept my apologies. I will reply soon. So really good one to use in professional writing. Please accept my apologies. And the last one we've got is just my apologies. My apologies for the inconvenience this may have caused. Again, a good one to use in um, in uh, you know business English. We've got apologies again as the noun and apologize as the verb. So my apologies is the noun, the plural noun for apology, right? So we always use the plural noun. We can't say my apology. Uh, maybe, but in a different different context. So um, the expression is similar to I apologize, but is used more in formal and business settings. My apologies. So let's have a look. Five ways to apologize. Number one. I apologize. Number two, I'm terribly sorry. Number three, I do apologize. Number four, please accept my apologies. Number five, simply my apologies. So there we go, five ways to apologize. If you know any more ways, let me know and uh, I will check it for you. Really, really good to have a different you know, a, a few different ways to apologize. Instead of saying, sorry, we've got other ways we can do it. Lesson number four we've got is the idiom, rose-colored specks. Rose-colored specks. Rose-colored specks. What are specks? Specks are these. Glasses. Specs is short for spectacles, which is the formal way for glasses. So rose-coloured, or sometimes you might hear rose-tinted specs or rose-tinted glasses. If you hear somebody talking about rose-tinted glasses or rose-tinted specs, what they're doing is they're referring or they're looking at the world or a situation that's optimistic but too much optimistic, overly optimistic and ideal perspective. They're looking at all the positives without really considering the negative aspects, okay? 
if somebody's looking through rose-colored specs, they're looking at the positives much more than they are looking at the negatives. They're perhaps downplaying the negatives. And it suggests that, you know, they're not, they're looking at a situation that is perhaps not realistic or practical, but it's overly positive and overly hopeful. Okay, so rose-colored specs. If you can imagine that, you know, my glasses have, have tints in them. They're clear at the moment, but if they have tints in them, and it alters the way that I can look at a situation. So, or look, or look at something. And this is much like an optimistic attitude. You're looking at a situation in a different way. So, for example, we can say she's always looking at things through rose-colored glasses. She never sees the negative side. She's always looking at things through a rose-colored glasses or through rose-colored glasses, rose-colored specs. She ne she's never seeing the negative side. In this example, the speaker is suggesting that the person has an overly optimistic view of things. She's ignoring the negative aspects or problems that might happen. Okay, so she's looking at things through rose-colored glasses. She never sees the negative side of it. Another example would be, he's looking at the his new job through rose-tinted glasses, thinking it will solve all his problems. He's looking at the new job through rose-tinted glasses, rose-tinted specs, and he's thinking it's going to solve all his problems, this new job. So here the, the speaker, they're suggesting that the person is overly optimistic again about their new job. Too much optimism, and they're not thinking about the negatives. It's not going to be a realistic about the challenges or drawbacks. So rose-coloured spectacles, rose-colored glasses, too much optimism that's perhaps unrealistic about, you know, what's happening. Rose-colored specs are looking at things far too much optimistic, with far too much optimism that they are ignoring or downplaying the negative things. Do you know anyone who looks at things through rose-colored specs? Then let me know. Similar similar expressions to rose-colored glasses include naive optimism or blind optimism or unrealistic optimism. So let's see if you can use this in an example sentence. Just uh, give an example using rose-colored specs and the reason why they're looking through rose-colored specs. And I'll check it for you. And uh, you can use a text or you can upload a video if you are on the uh, Facebook community for Get English Tips. Rose Colour Specs, good one to use if you're an intermediate student. Let's see your examples. The last one we've got is, lesson number five is get on the wrong side of someone to get on the wrong side of someone. Well, this is an English idiom, and it means that you do something that upsets or offends someone. 
and causes them to be angry or upset or annoyed with you. You're on the wrong side of someone. Maybe you've done something that has damaged a relationship or caused them to lose trust in you. You've put yourself on the wrong side of them. So for example, you might say you don't want to get on the wrong side of the boss, so make sure you finish the report on time. You don't want to get on the wrong side of the boss, so make sure you finish that report on time. So here the here we're warning someone not to upset their boss because it could be negative consequences for them. Don't get on the wrong side of the boss. Make sure you do your job. Negative consequences. I don't want to get on the wrong side of my neighbor by letting my dog run loose. I don't want to get on the wrong side of my neighbor by letting my dog be out of control, run loose. In this sentence, this example, we don't want to make the neighbor angry or upset at us by let by you know having our dog not under control. Maybe they're going to cause damage or something, you know. So our, and then our neighbor will be on, you know, get angry at us, and we will be on the wrong side of our neighbor. So get on the wrong side of someone. Other expressions similar to get on the wrong side include. Um, rub someone up the wrong way or offend someone or irritate them. They all mean the same, but, you know, a different different context and emphasis. For example, rub someone up the wrong way suggests a more subtle or ongoing irritation. It's less direct that you're upsetting them. If you offend someone, it suggests a more direct and intentional cause or intentional act causes offence. So get on the wrong side of someone, make them angry um, and uh, make them angry at you because you have done something. So there we go. We have our five lesson Friday for this session. Let's, as I mentioned, let's see if you can and may come up with some example sentences for these expressions. And don't forget, there'll be another Five Lesson Friday coming next week. So you can subscribe at getenglishtips.com. So remember to keep in touch with yourself and I'll speak to you next week. Bye for now.